0: Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership Podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, and I'm founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, Senior Pastor of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alumni, which means we've spent a lot of time laughing, growing, and being transformed in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders.
1: Hey, friends, Episode 8 is called Get Set, From Decision-Making to Discernment. And Ruth, I noticed in on the book cover and on some of the uh, papers that we're looking at right now, there's a really cool sailing metaphor mm-hmm. that you have going on. Talk about why you chose that and what it means.
0: Yeah. Well, it has to do with the spirit being called the wind in the scriptures. Yeah. And we know that the spirit of God is a wind that blows and it blows where it wills and we can't see it but we can know it's there on the basis of that movement and so the sailing metaphor for me speaks of this process of trying to get the sails up so that the wind can blow through and take us where we want to go and I just think it's a beautiful metaphor so in the last episode we were talking about getting ready and when I t- think about getting ready I think about what you do to get ready to sail you scrub you know the decks and you make sure the check sails, inventory, you, you you check sure inventory. absolutely and you make sure the sails aren't ripped and torn and um, there's just a lot of getting ready that you do so that you can have a good sail and so last episode was that and now we're talking about getting set and to me that's the lifting of the sails how do we lift our sails so that the wind of the Spirit can blow and move us to where the Holy Spirit wants us to go so I continue to find the metaphor of sailing to be just the right metaphor for what we're talking about here
1: I love it. I, I go sailing with a group of guys, and I'm, I'm not I, – I can't captain. Mm-hmm. But how you turn in sailing is you do this move called a tack. And mm-hmm. so there's the mainsail, and there's the jib in the front. Mm-hmm. And when you want to essentially move in the, in the right direction, mm-hmm. you have to tack. Mm-hmm. And on a good-sized sailboat like what we sail on, it takes about six people mm-hmm. to tack. Mm-hmm. And so there's this coordinated yeah. effort, everyone mm-hmm. doing their job, everyone yeah. – some people mm-hmm. are pulling that jib across. Yeah. Some people are tightening that jib mm-hmm. down, and um, so for me, the sailing metaphor mm-hmm. with discernment really works. Yeah. Because, um, sure, if you're on a tiny little boat, you can do it by yourself. But a boat any bigger than, uh, you know, I don't even know, 15 feet probably, you you're going to need several people yeah. working in tandem. Yes. And th- that sail and the wind, you have to have that.
0: That's right. The other thing that speaks to me deeply in the sailing metaphor is that. Getting the sail up is something that I feel, you know, in in our human selves, we can do. That's the practice, we Mm -hmm. can get the sail up. We can't make the wind come. There's a mystery to that. So you can go out and if the day is really still, you can lift your sail and Mm -hmm. nothing will happen. Yeah but on a day where the wind is blowing you lift your sails and you're doing you're you're blown along in a way that you couldn't have done by human effort alone mm-hmm. and so that also relaxes and relieves me that I can do the thing I can do yeah. which is the practices that get my sail up but I don't have to do what I can't do and that is move us along that is the holy spirit's to do and and to me that is just so relieving yeah. Um, I can only do what is mine to do, and then the rest has got to be up to God, and I can trust that. And so on any given day, if the wind's not moving, then we sit still and quiet, right? And that's okay. Yeah, and then if the wind comes and blows us in a direction, we go in that direction, and and we don't have to do it all ourselves. I just really find that to be relieving.
1: Me too. So the title of this episode is Get Set, From Decision-Making to Discernment. And you've said this before, but it bears repeating – quickly, the difference between decision-making and discernment is?
0: Discernment, the the more accurate phrase would be spiritual discernment, is a practice that enables us to recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit. Whereas in decision-making, it's usually um, characterized by human thinking and human willing and human striving and thinking things through. So one is a little bit more human. The other one is definitely guided by spirit because there is space for the spirit built into the process
1: right so we've clarified the question for discernment we've gathered the community and we've reaffirmed our guiding values and principles and now comes in my opinion one of the most difficult steps Uh, and that's the prayer for indifference explain what it is and Mm -hmm. why it's important
0: yeah well the prayer for indifference i think is what enables us to cross the threshold from human decision making to spiritual discernment and the prayer for indifference is the prayer that god would help us to become indifferent to anything but the will of god and so actually, uh, there's the prayer for indifference when we realize, oh, I'm actually not indifferent. I'm actually very attached to an outcome here. I already know what I think I want. <laughs> um, like we talked about in the in the earlier episode, yeah. you knew what you wanted and you didn't want anybody to talk you out of it. Right, right. Well, the prayer of indifference is a willingness to be indifferent to anything but the will of God. Now, sometimes people think indifference is sort of a negative term, but in the spiritual life, it's not. And especially in discernment, it's not. It is actually a very positive term that has to do with being indifferent to anything but the will of god so we're very passionate about one thing and that is discerning and doing the will of god but we're indifferent to everything else um and so we're indifferent to matters of ego we're indifferent to matters of personal comfort personal advantage we're um indifferent to territorialism you know what we think might be our own territory we're indifferent to our own convenience or inconvenience we're indifferent to anything but the will of God and our deep passion. We are passionate and it is about discerning and doing the will of God.
1: Yeah. Uh, And in my mind, when you go around a room and you hear people at mm-hmm. first just say, here's how I'm not indifferent. Yeah. Here's what I am holding on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that, in the, at least in experiences that I've been through, there's laughter in mm-hmm. that point. Because oh, yeah. people have to sort of name the embarrassing yeah. thing that they're attached mm-hmm. to. But even in the naming of it, in community, there's a power that gets released. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think some of it is internal, yeah. um, getting over that. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a second but some of it is the powerful nature of just naming something that has a hold on you out loud yeah. in the presence of God mm-hmm. and people that tends to loosen the grip a little bit. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right. So uh, how do you think a leader knows when they finally let go of the thing that they were attached to, that they really wanted so that they can be open to what God actually wants?
0: My experience is that it's an internal shift. From feeling bound and in bondage to, to my own way, to being free and surrendered. And I think we can all tell when we are holding and clinging to something really tightly, um, or when our attachment is, is emotional, there's, there's emotion attached to it, and when we really do feel like we could go either way, and if it was God's will, it would be fine. Um, and, that, and we call that internal freedom, interior freedom, in the discernment process. It means that I am free for God. It means that I am free for love that I am free to be moved by God in whatever direction God wants to take me. And then at that point, we now move from the, the um, prayer for indifference, which is asking God to make us indifference, indifferent, to the prayer of indifference, which means I can now, with honesty, say I am indifferent. So from a biblical point of view, Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will but thine be done, that is a prayer of indifference. But he had to wrestle for that. That was very, very hard one, and I find that to be actually quite encouraging, because the prayer for indifference doesn't mean that I don't have a preference, it doesn't mean I don't have an opinion or a wish, but it means that I'm in right relationship to it, Mm -hmm. that I can be indifferent to it if God's will is something that's different than that. So Jesus had a preference in the Garden of Gethsemane. He preferred that the cup that he was about to drink would pass. He preferred a different way. Isn't there another way that I can accomplish kingdom purposes without having to go through the excruciating crucifixion and death and so we can have an opinion jesus had an opinion he had a preference but he was still able to come to a place of being indifferent to anything but the will of god and then he emerged from that wrestling and he said not my will but thine be done and set his face resolutely towards jerusalem Mary's prayer also when she heard the angel's you know the angel's proclamation about the fact that she would bear the Christ she said here I am the servant mm-hmm. of the Lord let it be with me according to your word mm-hmm. that too is a prayer of indifference so I just love the fact that we actually have biblical examples of the prayer for indifference because this is an important movement in the spiritual life that we come to the place where we are indifferent to anything but the will of God however we express it that we've come to a place of interior freedom so that we can be blown, so that we can be moved in any way that God, through his Holy Spirit, wants to move us.
1: So here's a fine point of a question. Mm-hmm. In, in the middle of this process, mm-hmm. between the prayer for indifference and of indifference, mm-hmm. do you do you go around the room and check in and say, are you able to pray the prayer of indifference, or do you still need let go of something and if if so how do you do that
0: well first of all people who are experienced discerners will start praying the prayer for indifference immediately when they start to see a big decision on the horizon and especially a decision that they might already have vested interest in a a deeply spiritual person will already have a sense of whether or not they are indifferent or not yeah and if they realize and recognize that they are not indifferent to anything but the will of god they'll start praying right away that Mm -hmm. god would begin Mm -hmm. the process of making them um, indifferent. And if the group is experienced, they'll know that where we're going to start is by asking yeah. about whether or not we are indifferent to anything but the will of God. So that would be the question that you'd go around the room and ask, um, or, or you could say how many are indifferent to any anything but the will of God, and then go around and let people speak to what their level of indifference is. And there are levels of indifference. Um, someone might be able to say, you know, I realize I'm not indifferent at all. I, there's I, there's an outcome that I'm really hoping for. And I have to admit that I'm still, you know, pretty attached to it. Um, so that's one. That's and, and I invite you to pray for me yeah. in that. I mean, yeah. a deeply spiritual person who, who thinks they're in a safe community could say, I have to admit, I am really attached to a certain outcome, and I want to be made indifferent. I'm praying about that. I invite you to pray with me. It's a very humble thing to say. Um, someone else might be able to say, you know, I do have a pre- preference, but I-, I feel like I can hold that openly before mm-hmm. the Lord. You yeah. know, there's a, right now. I must admit that I I have a preference or I have an opinion about this, but I I find myself able to hold that pretty openly, and I'm willing to be influenced and can be in this conversation with everyone together um someone else might be able to report that by god's grace they are indifferent to anything but the will of god so there can definitely be gradations of indifference the important thing is that you can talk about it and that you can admit that because as you said number one the willingness to be able to say it out loud and to acknowledge it to yourself and others does release some of the power of that attachment or that um clinging grasping feeling that we have towards an outcome Um, to invite the prayers of your brothers and sisters in Christ is a powerful, humbling, efficacious thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can be tender towards one another. I, I, I love the idea that by knowing where someone is attached, as we're all talking, we can be aware of that person's struggle with indifference and be a little bit more gentle perhaps in the way that we talk about what we talk about because that person has been willing to share where they really are on the topic and the group becomes safer if we've got our stuff out there we're safer than if we're holding it and no one knows about it right you know the group is now a safer place we're all on you know something of an equal playing field because everybody knows where everyone stands and so there's nothing hidden no hidden agendas and things like that so in every way it's a positive thing to be able to talk about indifference or not at the beginning of a discernment process
1: Yeah, an example that I would give is when we were moving from two services to one service, Mm -hmm. one of my admissions I had to make Mm -hmm. was, my ego doesn't like how this makes me mm-hmm. look as yeah. a leader because it makes yes. me look like we're going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. We're yes. shrinking yes. instead of growing, <laughs> of course, it's all about mm-hmm. you know up and to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all kind of laughed about it, yeah. and, including me, mm-hmm. and then we can move on. You exactly. know, exactly, and, and you can live yeah. with yourself yeah.
0: openly and lightheartedly yeah. before the Lord and having been honest with your colleagues and yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and you're a safer person too because you're being honest right as opposed to you what you another thing a, a less honest leader could do in a moment like that is actually manipulate and use overly spiritualized oh, language yeah. to Convince us all that we should have two services when really what's driving it underneath is your desire not to lose mm-hmm. at the from the standpoint of ego. Ego, and b- that is really sick when that is happening. And you yeah. can't; it's too slippery. Then nobody can deal with it right. if you're if you're hiding that and you're you're using spiritualized language to actually cover for false self stuff. You're very slippery at that point, and it's hard for people to actually deal with you.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. to move forward in the discernment process because exactly. someone with any. Someone that's discerning the mm-hmm. spirit in that point might even feel like I I'm sensing Steve something's is off? manipulating yes. right now. Something's off. I don't something's switched right. in the room. Something, but I can't call it. I can't, yeah.
0: I don't know how to address it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the next movement, I actually love this part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my faves, but the prayers for wisdom and quiet trust. Yeah. How have you seen these two prayers change your own heart? Uh, and maybe others as as you've moved through this part of the Mm -hmm. discernment process.
0: Yeah. Well, the prayer of quiet trust is a biblical prayer. It comes from Psalm 131, where the psalmist is apparently watching probably his wife with one of his children and saying, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. In other words, too complicated for me, things I can't figure out at the intellectual level. But my heart, my soul is quieted within me. So the prayer of quiet trust is that prayer that ushers us into an open, trusting, receptive stance. And so to be able to pray that prayer relative to something that we have care and concern and maybe even vested interest about is a really significant prayer. And I would suggest that when we do this as a group, and that we do do it as a group, by the way, um, that we actually literally open our hands as a symbol of the fact that we are not clinging and grasping. At anything, and that we are open and receptive to the presence of God. Um, I can tell you that you know there there was one time in particular, and there's probably been a couple times um, when in, in our history in the Transforming Center when our finances were just not working. We just could not make the financial model work for what we were doing, and it was it had gotten way too hard. And um, I remember one board meeting in particular where we were looking at the the financial. Arrangements, and we just couldn't. We just couldn't figure them out. And the question for discernment had to do with what to do about the fact that we couldn't build a sustainable ministry. And uh, it, had, it had also taken a toll on those of us who had been in the ministry. We were tired. We had been working as hard as we could, and we couldn't, you know, get this thing to go anywhere. And so the question really was: Should what is what is the will of God on this? Should we try to keep going or should we shut it down? I mean, that it really was the question, should we shut it down?
1: It being the it being whole, the whole thing.
0: thing. It being the whole thing. And part of God's grace to me in that moment was, and I do believe that indifference when it is given is always a grace. Mm. I don't think we can do it for ourselves. And um the grace that I felt I was given in that moment was an equal openness to going forward or to shutting it down, which it's a huge work of God that someone who's founded an organization like this out of their own passion would get to a point where they could say, if this thing goes away, I'll be okay. You know, if that's what God, you know, invites us to do. And so that was the prayer, you know, that was, and and I remember actually we dropped down, you know, onto our knees, we were Mm -hmm. around a board table, but we literally got onto our knees, you know, um, to just wait before the Lord in quietness, um, um and i don't remember how long that lasted but boy i I must say that that um it felt good to me to be in that place of interior freedom because i felt myself to be free Mm. that whichever outcome whichever way the meeting went i was going to be okay because i really all i wanted was to know what god wanted to do with this thing and whatever it was i'd be on board and it was a place of great freedom for me and it meant that i could enter into the discernment process really, really easily and well. And the people around me could be in the process without being afraid for me. Right. Oh, we've got to protect Ruth. We've got to be really careful because Ruth's all attached to this thing. You know, she's probably not going to be able to even consider letting this thing go. That didn't need to be their fear because it wasn't true. Um, And so from that place of quiet trust then, and we took time literally on our knees, no words, nobody saying words, just holding ourselves open in God's presence. And then out of that then... We eventually began to to ask God for wisdom, and you know James talks about that that mm-hmm. that God is a generous God who gives ungrudgingly to those who ask it. Let him who ask who lacks wisdom ask of a God, who gives generously and ungrudgingly, and so from that prayer of quiet trust and that place of indifference, then we're really open to God's wisdom. And let's be clear, you know, from a biblical standpoint, that the wisdom human wisdom is often different than. The wisdom that comes from God. And in fact, one of the ways we can sometimes recognize human wisdom is, or God's wisdom is because it's different than mm-hmm. what a human being would typically think their way into. Yes. Um, but if you don't, if you haven't gotten to that place of indifference and aren't in that place of quiet trust, then our prayers can become something like a rigged election where we already have, mm. its, we already have our outcome in place. So our prayers are always going to go that direction. We're going to say that's what we hear, whether or not, that's from God or not, you know?
1: Well, that leads me mm-hmm. to the next question. How does human striving creep into the discernment process? And when? what do you do when you notice that it has? And, and, and that could be overprotecting mm-hmm. the leader and saying, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's a kind of striving. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, I, we, we just have to make a decision because it's 1057 yeah. and yeah. we said we we're going to be done mm-hmm. by 11. Right. Wh- what do you do when you notice human striving?
0: Well, silence is a really good anecdote to human striving. So if you're leading a meeting, actually anyone who's participating in a meeting should have the freedom to call for silence if it feels like everybody's working too hard. And one of the ways is we're thinking too hard, that you can recognize Mm -hmm. that, wow, we are, we're just... Spinning. You're just spinning and people are repeating themselves and arguments are being repeated and um, it, it feels like you're hitting your head up against a wall and just going round and round. Um maybe there's starting to be a spirit of argumentation, Mm. where now rather than trying to be open to God's will together, it feels like arm wrestling or trying Mm -hmm. to convince each other. Mm -hmm. Those are all evidences that we're now into the realm of human striving rather than waiting in a place of open receptivity. And calling for silence, either you stay together and you sit in silence for a few minutes or whether you release people into silence, Calling for silence can be a really important way of dealing with human striving because it's kind of like the um, timeout in a basketball game. The coach is on the sidelines, you know, yelling Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying for the, the timeout. Why is he doing that? Because he wants to stop the momentum. There's a momentum that's gotten going that's not good for the team. And so the timeout breaks the momentum. It's the same with silence. Silence actually stops the momentum of our human striving. Mm. And people get back in touch with the Holy Spirit of God deep within. They get back in touch with what's truest within them. Maybe they get in touch with what's... Functioning within them that's negative or destructive or unproductive in the meeting, and they can start to discipline that a little bit better. Maybe God speaks to them in the silence, and they have something fresh to bring rather than continuing to go round and round in circles. But silence is powerful um, when we know that we're now caught in human striving.
1: That makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me, and I it, part of how you describe that, I, I immediately remembered meetings that mm-hmm. I've been in where. Yeah. Yeah, like everyone is frustrated Ugh, and, and we exhausted. have yep, exhausted. Exhausted. We we've, yeah. we've covered all mm-hmm. the ground. Yeah. several times. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I like the idea of pressing the pause button mm-hmm. and saying this is not a movement of the spirit yeah. right mm-hmm. now.
0: Nothing. Nothing spirit led is going to happen mm-hmm. in this kind of conversation. Yeah.
1: And so we would be even if we have to call the meeting. Mm-hmm. It will meet next time.
0: Right. We're tired. We need to yep. get some rest. Let's come back to it.
1: And don't you think Ruth on that note it's most of us want decisions to be made quicker we do. than mm-hmm. they are even possible to be right. made in the in in the realm of the spirit.
0: Yeah. I remember one of my teachers who used to say there with with God there are no emergencies. God does not have emergencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we have we have things that feel urgent to us, but God does not have emergencies. And sometimes when I feel the urgency I want to say now is this urgency self-imposed are we making this more urgent than it needs to be in the whole scheme of things does this really need to happen this quickly is this feeling of urgency coming from us or is there you know is this urgency really real from god's perspective and that is a great question to ponder no we've put this pressure on ourselves this date this timeline is something we've done this god doesn't necessarily care about this it's something we've created so let's take ourselves off the hook
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. And we have actually, we have a little phrase that, is this a false sense of urgency?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes it isn't. I mean, sometimes right. it, it is pretty urgent. Exactly. You, know? you get kicked yep. out of the building. Right. Uh-huh. And then you exactly. have to find Are a new gonna one. Are you
0: going to run out of money next month? Run out of money next you know, month. You you got to do something. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, but most of the time yeah. you realize, oh, we've, we've yeah. created that's right the urgency. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it really doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that. And even naming that, then people can breathe. Yeah. I've also noticed that in in meetings um you know you notice the people that the activators and they're gonna talk generally mm-hmm. more than than most. It's good yeah. to check in with that person yeah. who hasn't said anything for an hour right who you know they just run a little slower. Mm-hmm. hey, Mary, can we hear from you because yeah. sometimes that opens mm-hmm. something up when you're stuck too
0: exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Ruth, last question, but I think it's a really important Mm -hmm. one. When we have these meetings for discernment, Mm -hmm. maybe they start at seven o'clock, 7.30 at night. And most of us have gone through an entire day Mm -hmm. where we're not moving in in this kind of way Mm -hmm. of thinking. Uh, And so there can be a real abrupt Mm -hmm. change. How do you help people transition from the craziness of a day, of a normal day, mm-hmm. to um, getting ready for discernment.
0: Yeah. I love that question, too, because it acknowledges our humanness, that we all have our human lives and, you know, we're we're people that need sometimes help with transitioning from one thing to the next. Well, I think we can actually build in some time at the beginning of a meeting. And again, I know that we feel that time is of the essence and we might feel we don't have time for this. But if we could set the, the meeting agenda, in such a way that it creates a little bit, bit of space, even 20 minutes mm-hmm. for some sort of a spiritual activity. So um, maybe just a time of silence, maybe just some time being open, like for 10 minutes of, of sitting in silence together, light the candle and say, come Holy Spirit, and just be in silence together for 10 minutes. That's going to stop the momentum of where you've been. And what that does is you can even get some guidance here and, and uh, invite people to envision and... Um, look at what they're needing to let go of in order to be fully present here you know where have you been um, what do you need to let go of in order to be fully present in this moment here now um is are there any cares or concerns that you need to release to god in order to be fully present to this meeting and then just let the silence be for that um and for openness and receptivity to the spirit Um, you could do Alexio Divina, which is a great thing to do at the beginning of a meeting. And we talked about that a while ago and in an episode somewhere, that um, this very contemplative or reflective reading of Scripture, without any interpretation or anything like that, just Alexio Divina, practice with with a passage of scripture that might be helpful for that night or if you're a group that follows the lectionary just use a lectionary passage for that week so it's apparent that nobody picked it that's what we prefer actually is to use the lectionary passages because Mm -hmm. then when they intersect with our life in some amazing way we're like wow god did that you know no one picked that for us god did that so Lexio divina could be a great way you could also start with um a bit of you know connecting around the circle but a very focused sharing like where are you experiencing God most present with you these days? Where are you feeling disconnected from God these days? And that, that is, that is definitely an examen type question, but to start that way means that each person is getting a chance to connect with their own souls and you're connect you're establishing the connection among you as souls, not just, reporting in you know yes so you, it, it's a it's an exercise that helps you to get in touch with your soul and each other's souls as you begin so any of those things can be you know beautiful and helpful to just helping people transition
1: yes i've also noticed sometimes when i have the presence of mind um when the meeting starts i'll just sort of quietly mm-hmm. look at people and just mm-hmm. say welcome mm-hmm. And pause, mm-hmm. and make eye contact, mm-hmm. and then I'll invite people. Just look around for a second, mm-hmm. make eye contact mm-hmm. with people, smile. Yeah, it, like just because the pace. Some right. of us just getting the pace down from red mm-hmm. line to okay. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey everybody. Yeah. Um, sometimes breathing, being led through even a minute of <sighs> breathing in. Holding it for a second, letting Mm -hmm. it out. I mean, just anything that helps us hmm, Mm
0: -hmm. reconnect. Settle in. Yeah. So breathing. Yes, breathing. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. just giving people a minute to breathe is something. Yes.
1: Okay. Such a great, great episode. Uh, As always, I would love for you to end in a prayer if you have one.
0: Yeah, I do. Well, this time, Steve, I'm going to read a scripture, and then I'm going to let you offer the response. Beautiful. Okay? So, the reading is from Isaiah 30. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him.
1: O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be our strength. By the power of your Spirit, open us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, so we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. In July, the Transforming Center will launch their 15th Transforming Community. If God has stirred up something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin a transforming leadership journey of your own. I joined Transforming Community number six way back in 2011 and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. The transforming community experience is designed to better integrate your faith and your leadership. The two-year experience of spiritual formation is designed for pastors, leaders, and influencers. It is grounded in scripture, animated by a Trinitarian approach to transformation in community, and it's informed by the richness and diversity of our Christian heritage. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please leave a comment wherever you listen to the podcast and visit transformingcenter.org to learn more about how to apply for the next transforming community.